work on that, Gary. It's not to stay in the onslaught, is that what he said? Hmm. <laughs> How do I sack? Welcome to Can We Talk About, a weekly podcast where we dive into discussions on varying topics and find ourselves in different waters than where we started. I'm Johnny Five, and my co-host is Cat Eater, and today we're taking another break from our deep dive into Russia to talk about the Polgar Sisters experiment, the achievements each sister earned, and the sexism they faced in the world of chess. You can email us at cwtabout at gmail.com, and we hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so my updates, though. Yeah, what you got? What okay. you got? So I went in the front yard today, and there's a section of the front yard that uh, we sowed in-ground seeds for dragon, snapdragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of little sprouted boys out there. Do, 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 do. There's a bunch. There is a bunch. I don't know what a snapdragon actually looks like when it's done. What is it? They're the ones where you put your little fingers in the back and you're able to open and close the mouth. I don't think I ever did <sighs> that. What? I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I did just because it's right. like, you know. Uh, They're overly complicated flowers, honestly. But Growing up on a farm, you know, you see a bunch of flowers and plants. Oh, I've seen those. Never mind. I'm yeah. Yeah. Those and cool. when you're a kid, your fingers are small enough that you can stick your fingers in the back and you open and close them like their mouths. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they look like foxgloves. Kinda. Was, yeah. They do. Yeah, they do look similar. Um, but so, successfully germinated, like, hundreds of those. Very excited about that. That's gonna look really cool out there. Yes, this is the first time I'm growing things from seed instead of just buying starts. So, I'm Oh, yeah, normally you just, like, dig a hole and mm -hmm. do the shit. And plant the shit that's already started growing. Yeah. Usually just transplant things. So, from seed... We've got all those snap dragons coming up, and my corns are coming up. Oh my gosh, it happened so much faster than I thought it was going Holy to. Shit. They're already like three inches tall, Damn. and I'm very excited. So I went out there and I showed Eli so that he could see. And now I just have to hope to Jesus Lord that um, the marigolds take, because even though I detest them, they're really good for pest control and stuff. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that you had planted some stuff so that way it's like. You don't have to plant, I don't know, like, whatever that book is where it's like, uh, carrots like peas, but peas don't like beans or whatever the fuck that's called. That's exactly what I'm doing. But not as in-depth because, you know, the yard is unplantable. I really like marigolds, too. Those look beautiful. I don't like... Well, Why I'm not, not? I'm not partial to They're yellow. puffy. Oh, well, there's blue ones right here, too, though. That's a lie. That's a lie? That is a lie. They Whatever that is, that? that's a lie. I don't know. Yeah, that's a lie. Oh, lame. Uh, Amazon has a bunch of those that are like rainbow uh, pampas grass. You know, that's pampas. not real. Yeah, pampas grass. Uh, that's not real. But what about, um? I mean, there's also orange in here. Yeah, it's yellow and orange. They're fine. <laughs> but they also stink. And that's actually the part that makes them good pest control. The right. don't like this, huh? Okay. So, but neither do people. <laughs> uh, but then I've, you know, I've got them like boxed in with the marigolds and some onions and some chives because those are all things that make earwigs unhappy. Okay. And, and those are the things that eat up Those your are shit. the things that ruined it last year. Yeah. All right. Because if I could try, and then I'll throw some, I'll throw down some di diatomaceous earth if I have to. Right. But it's like so mean because it's like death by a thousand cuts. Right. If they walk through it. And it makes me feel really bad. So, anyway, so what well, are we? Uh, what are we doing today? Well, we're doing the Polgar Sisters. Okay. So, I 
honestly don't know if I wrote in here. You uh, have an enormous fucking stack of note cards right now. Yeah. Like, I know you said it to me, but it's one thing to hear it, and it's another to see it. Yeah. Holy shit. I did my shit. I was not anticipating it to be all the sisters. In my head, okay, for... Two. What's that? In my head, it's two, so... Two, two sisters. sisters? Yeah. It's three. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, when you say when you said that, too, is what happened in my head. Oh, fair enough. But no, uh, in my head, I was thinking, I want to do, I don't know, I don't know if I put it in here, but we're going to find out. I want to do, okay, just, just flat out, just to, just to, just to put it out on there, you know, you're really good at not talking about whatever the hell you're learning it's with me. I suck at that. All right. And so anytime that I learn something new, I'll be like, oh my God, guess what I heard about all this shit? Oh my God. And, and rather than like that being an episode, it just, it just dies there. Yeah. Because if I try, then it's like, I'm not really, you know, I, I, I'm giving you like more of a mine, you know, we're going into the minefield together, but you've already got like the, the gem. Yeah. You know what I mean? The juiciest bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well that's lame. But, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. The, the, listeners, if you want to have a say in that, go ahead. Like, cwtabout at gmail.com. All right, good play. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, anywho, uh, before I dive into the sources, I want to give a bit of a premise for these kiddie pool episodes I have in store. So, Hidden Away in Our Vault, <laughs> Patreon, uh, is an episode <laughs> we recorded on the history of chess. I love the game and wanted to, it to get, like, its fair share on this podcast, However, I sucked at doing the right amount of research, sticking to things that are verifiably true, and just leading a podcast in general. So now I'd say that, like, you know, we're still not perfect, obviously. We've grown a bit, and I'd like to give it another shot. One of my complaints from that episode was I talked a lot about the men that carried the game into what it is today, the men that carried the theory, that made the chess clocks, and their own World Champions League at some point. I didn't spend a lot of time talking about the women who have also done a heck of a lot. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah, no. yeah. And I want to spend some time on a, a group of sisters who have not only spread the world of chess to women everywhere, but also faced a fair amount of sexism while doing so. Any of you who are even remotely in the world of chess probably know who I'm talking about, or any of you who were clever enough to look at the name of the episode, uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the Polgar Sisters. As far as sources, my sources are Chess Queens by Jennifer Shahadi, Everyone's Wikis Respectfully, Born to Be a Chess Master video, it's like on Lee Chess, I believe, is where I found it, and then MontessoriMentorOnline.com. And then I also, when I found that video of... Uh, the Born to Be a Chess Master, I saw uh, Giving Checkmate is always fun, and that's from Judith Polgar herself, which she's just the, oh my god, I love her. She's so nice. Like, she does, She there's no reason why she ever has to be, like, in media at all, you know? I mean... It, she just chooses to be. Exactly, yeah. Like, all of them, like, most chess grandmasters are just like, all right, I, I got the thing... I, I get some money every now and then they pay me to go to a thing and then I'm good. But she still does, like, I think it was like a year or two ago, she did a Judith Polgar versus the world. And so the world could basically, like, make a vote for a move. A move? Oh, shit. That's and, cool. Yeah. And, I mean, she won and, like, she could have just easily finished the game in, like, 20 moves. But she did, like, run it out for, like, 40 to 60 moves just to show, like, okay, this is what you do. And it was really cool. 
So, anyhow, to get back on board. I was going to focus on just Susan, but I think it'd be more fruitful to just share all of their sisters, like, in one, as some things interlap with each other. So, without further ado, let's dive on into the Polgar experience. Prior to the sisters being born, their father, Laszlo Polgar, decided to conduct an experiment. No, I'm not about to say he mixed sugar, spice, and everything nice into a vat of Chemical X, alright? Well, he's beating us all to the punch there, alright? <laughs> Laszlo is 77 years old. I thought that he was already dead, that's why I wrote that. Damn, okay. Uh, he, he is maybe still? I don't know. He's probably retired now. But he was an educational psychologist from Hungary. Uh, he believed that geniuses all had one thing in common. At an early age, as long as the child is healthy, it can become the very best at something if taught a very narrow subject. And he studied that from, like, Socrates all the way up to Einstein. Right, I mean, that's like the whole concept of a master versus, you know, jack of all trades, you know? Exactly. If you focus on just one thing, you're going to be way more skilled at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you the best chance to, to be the best at that one thing, because now you're not really spending too much time on other stuff. And I put in parentheses, like, along with a stable household and whatnot, right. like, you, you should also, just because you're healthy doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have to deal with a war or mm -hmm. whatever, you know. So to prove his theory, he needed to fuck. And I love how he, cre like, he courted, how he courted women. And not actually, but it makes me laugh just because I could see myself doing this in another life. And sadly, I, I actually have done this one time. But luckily, I had a sister that didn't do the thing I really hoped. I really hope she didn't. Thank because God. That been, yeah, that would have been bad. Uh, he got himself a nice suit, you know, stuck like a, a, a rose in his pocket, maybe. And, uh, and he went to none other than his own mailbox or the hungry equivalent of a post office. Yeah, he never actually date any of these women. He just basically would he would mail his ideas of the experiment to a bunch of women. And lo and behold, Clara from Ukraine was the lucky bride. What the fuck? She read it and was like, yeah, I'll, yeah I, I'm I, in. I'm in, yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I don't know if he was like looking up uh, particular women in general, or if it was just, no, nah, fuck it, we'll just go to anyone. Because she was at least a teacher, so she, I think she understood from that aspect of like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Right. But, I mean, still, that's nuts. They weren't sure what subject they'd have their child learn, but they decided it had to be something other than art uh, or music, <laughs> as those are subjective when determining someone's own abilities. Skill the, yeah. Yeah. That like, makes sense. Yeah. And so they just, they just weren't sure what subject in something like science or math to choose because you also don't know how good someone will be in particular field. Like what's their cap at yeah. the very end. So because you're a gardener. Yeah. Yes. Wait, what do you mean by that? Well, just because kids are born, you can't just oh, decide you're going to sculpt something out of stone. Okay. A rose is still a rose. You can, you know, grow it to vine or whatever, but it's still a rose, you know? Right. That makes sense. Okay. Sorry, it didn't click with me no, in my yeah. head. Okay, so they married in the USSR, and then Clara moved to Hungary with him. You know, just... Okay. Yeah. For the context, they talked in 1965, and I think they married sometime around there, because they had their first daughter, Susan, in 69. So... Nice. There's like a four-year... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a four-year span. I honestly am not sure what they were teaching her those first four years. I'd assume they were doing, like, the normal curriculum. 
at home while they tried coming up with something. Right, like the basics. Right. But when Susan turned four, she found her dad's chess set, like, in a trunk or whatever, mm -hmm. and was fascinated with the pieces. And both the parents were, like, thrilled, like... She it, told just, them. She told them what? She told them. She said this is yeah, the thing. Exactly. And that's a cool thing. Like, okay, there's a lot of... I, we'll get into it a little bit later, but, like, there's a lot of heat that comes from a bunch of other people of saying, like... You know, they didn't get to have a life or whatever, like, because they just got hounded with the shit that they mm -hmm. wanted to... And it's like, each of the girls got to decide what they wanted to do. Yeah. And so, I just want to make that clear. So, they were both thrilled, and within six months, like, Susan went to her first club outing. All right? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, chess club, not clubbing. But, you know... <laughs> uh, <laughs> In in a room full of in a room full of men smoking, drinking, and placing bets, little Susan, who needed like a booster to play, like she oh, was too yeah. small to get up on the chair, uh, she beat four adult men who all gawked when they saw her, and she just wanted she just wanted to play. <laughs> I just want to play. So soon after that, she won the city's under eleven girls chess tourney with a perfect score. Damn, son. At the age of four. Like, that's she's playing crazy. against 11 year olds. And yeah. And like, now go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's nuts. So, to. And I. This is going to make me laugh. I wrote to continue in chronological order, but then I, I fuck it up in the middle of there. That's because fine. Because there's just so much. In 74, Susan Polgar was born. And after. In 76, Judith Polgar was born. So, so we now have all three daughters within, like. Give them know, to me again. It the was. Names. So. The first one is Susan, second one is Sophia, and the last one is Judith. Okay, so 74, Sophia is born? Se yes, and okay. then 76 is Judith. Okay. And I say, I say it like, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there for the people that are going to be like, uh, it's pretty Judith. Yeah, it, it might be Judith, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Hung I've heard that Hungary is like, whatever, Hungarian, there it is. Okay, we got there. Hungarian is really hard to speak. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with that because she's even said like she she responds to Judith okay so I'm I'm just going with that anywho according to Judith when she was really little she remembered going uh, seeing her dad and older sister Susan enter the like the living room with like closed doors and she really just wanted to know what was behind there so she asked her mom if she could go in too and her mom said you'll have to know how to play chess before you can. Because that's how much time they were, like, spending just learning. Yeah, just chess. Mm -hmm. So, officials at this time were becoming very angry with the Polgars as speculation towards the sisters' uh, health grew. Just social health, in that, mm. that sense. They were like, people thought that they were ruining their lives by not giving them a normal social life. In Judith's own words, uh, I became defensive and not very sociable towards people making such accusations. Like, yeah. So they all agree that each of them had a choice. They were never forced to learn the game. Their parents asked each of them if they wanted to learn and then followed their children into battle by giving them tools to use for learning. Laszlo taught each of them how to play and then later, uh, well, you know, each of them get way stronger than him. Uh, right, they lap him. Yeah, so they, they he later uh, hired Alex Chernin to coach them and his highest rating is like 26.45, which I'm, I understand I'm going to have to explain that at some point. I probably will later down, just there's, there's another spot that's maybe a little bit more fit for that. Just know that like twenty six forty five is like that's a that's a grandmaster, and then just a little end sum on top of that, like okay. yeah, 
but allowed them to he, he basically allowed them to put in as much effort as they wanted into chess like uh, later down the road i think sophia ends up being the first one to be like you know what this isn't for me and they there's no they say okay yeah exactly yeah they're like all right cool so <clears throat> because of that i'm going to start with sophia uh including sophia they all agree that sophia had the most talent among the sisters but also the most laziest like she mm-hmm. even said that in her own words uh, her chess career ended prior to her older and younger siblings, but her strength was still on display for us to look back on. When she was 14, she was in a tournament in Italy that was later deemed the Sack of Rome. In this tourney, she beats five GMs and earned a performance rating of 2,879 ELO points. What the fuck? So at this point, I'm going to explain what ELO is. ELO is basically the reason why they were like, oh, chess is a great idea to... to measure your performance is because it literally that's what that is it's like each time every basically it starts uh with beginners it's like around 800 uh the average in the u.s is around 1500 and then uh professional rating is around 2200 with the top like one percent being the grandmasters who are like 25 and up right so 2500 and i think magnus the highest ever rating uh live rating, I should say, was a 2890. And I think the highest rating you can ever have, I think it caps out at 3000. I'm pretty sure. That's just how the rating system works. Otherwise, if you have an infinite amount of points, then you would have... There's no curve. Exactly, yeah. And it's all based on, you know, if if I lost to Magnus, I would only lose, you know, a point. And he would only gain, like, maybe a, a fraction of a point. But right. if I beat Magnus, because I'm so much you lower get a rated, bunch. yeah, and he loses a bunch as well, because he's not supposed to. That's how the rating system right. works. So in that time, she she earned like two thousand like eight hundred and seventy nine. That that was like the most ever at that time. Now since then, it's been it's been beaten. You know, you know, it's been eclipsed by Magnus, Fabiano, Kasparov, and other top players. But at the time, it was the highest ever. So I just I. Don't, that was that was really cool. That's, oh yeah, and that Broke was a record, maybe. And that was in eighty nine, nineteen eighty four. Susan, at the age of fifteen, we're gonna go to Susan now, became the highest rated woman chess player at all uh, in eighties. And I'm actually I'm just realized I'm gonna have to go through a bunch of stats for her ever, like even still now. No, no, no. Oh, okay, of her time, like uh, up until her. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, at, yeah, exactly. At that time. And then in 86, she became the first woman to qualify for the World Championship. Not the Women's World Championship. The World Championship. Championship, Mm -hmm. And she didn't win, but that hasn't been replicated since. Damn. And became a GM in 91. 96, she became the Women's World Chess Champion. Uh, And then I think she lost it in like 99. And then just decided, you know what, I'm done. But she is still like helping out Mm -hmm. getting kids involved and all that. I kind of glossed over some of her more memorable moments. In 86, FIDE, International Chess Federation, decided to grant 100 ELO to all women players, with the reason being that most women play against other women and not men, so they should see their ratings be boosted. I really don't know what the thought process is. That doesn't really make any sense at all, but okay. No, they were just like, well, they're not getting the chance to play against men, so this is how we're going to fix it. I don't really... It doesn't make sense to me. No. But regardless, Susan was excluded from this because she was already playing against men. That's like their whole idea, I guess. I don't know. It seemed like a weird way to shoehorn. Well, Susan isn't from 
our government, so or yeah. our flag, you know what I mean? Right. So we're going to get somebody else in there. Uh, and she felt really disheartened. Like, in Chess Queens, uh, she tells Shahadi that up to that point, I was told that as long as I worked the hardest, I would beat them. It felt like good results were not enough anymore. I got really depressed. And so it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was just kind of sad. But luckily, three years later, in like 89, she could showcase her skills abroad again. I forgot. So at that point, in from 82 to 85, she also was banned from playing in the West. Because Hungary was like, well, you shouldn't be playing against men. So you, you have to you have to stay here. Wow. Mm-hmm. And her dad, like, the entire family is fighting for, like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, yeah. they should be able to play whoever they want. Like, yeah. they're obviously skilled enough, and it doesn't even matter if they weren't, you know? Right. So <clears throat> all three sisters got to fought alongside each other in the chess Olympiad for Hungary. Up till that point, Soviet dominance had settled in hard for women's competitions. Russia and... Georgian women were, like, just... Demolishing. Yeah, for, like, 40 or 50 years in a row. Despite all that, the Hungarian team pulled out a win, in part due to uh, Russia's number one leaving the tournament midway to marry a man, so that way she could escape the USSR. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But even with that said... This was the 90s, you said? I believe so. Let me see. This is, yeah, this is 90s. It might be okay. early, early uh, to late 80s, actually. Okay, yeah, I'd do the same thing. Let me think. I, actually, I can, I can math this out. I think it's 86, because uh, Judah was 12. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah the, the, yeah, the the height of the news was like, oh my gosh, the Hungarian team is basically just teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. I love that. Okay, yeah, I'd, yep, I'd be getting out of there, too. To, to kind of showcase that as well, like, okay, so, even though she left, I think she played maybe, like, three or four games, and then she left at that point, it's, it can't be understated, like, I, I don't want to undersell, like, Judith's performance, mm-hmm. because you, each person plays, each team, I should, I should say, plays uh, 13 games, right, and each person in that team also play, like, they, they each play 13. Well, that's a lot, yeah, okay. And so, Judith played but even in that particular stance they still have somebody come in like it's it's like she got replaced but when your number one leaves you can't replace a number one yeah right? so so that is something but judith still it scored just moves the whole team down a peg you know right yeah uh but judith still scored 12 and a half out of 13 like Damn, she, she well, only fuck. yeah she only drew to the soviet soviet team so that's not bad and i mean there's no shame having a draw against the soviet Right. Or a Russian, depending on the year. Yeah. I think... Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that was uh, the only team that really gave them problems. Everybody yeah. else, it was just like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> to wrap up Susan's uh, little story, she basically, when she won it in 96, I'm, I'm pretty sure the particular story I'm about to say is in 99, because I don't think... She retired just because she wanted to retire. I'm pretty right. sure if she would have, if she wanted, then she would have been all right. And I know I'm pretty sure I've told you this, but that being said, in '99, I'm assuming. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm assuming. Uh, she. This is like the only time. Well, you know what assuming does. Mm. Makes an ass out of you and you. Oh, because that's how you spell the word. You're a genius. 
<laughs> Spitting bard. Ward Smith. All right. You, Ward Smith, you. <laughs> All right. So, in 99, I'm, whenever the fuck this is, she goes to... I'm trusting you, buddy. 99. Yeah. In 1999, she goes to a world, uh, the Women's World Chess Championship, and she's playing against this this lady who's maybe like 200 points lower rated than her, like within that range. Yeah. So she's definitely, she should win this. Yeah. They play like 14 games, and it's still even. Like, she, she was able to get like seven games ahead, and then I don't really know what happened. I think the other woman was just able to come back, because all of, I'm not... I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to say it. I was about to say she has a, a fighting style, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she does, but I have never looked at one of Susan Polgar's games. I don't oh, think. well, then, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that. But uh, regardless, they play 14. It's a draw. They play, like, I think 7 to 10 more after that, and it's still a draw. And at that point, the officials come by and are like, all right, so we can... We could try to speed up the games and, like, you know, play some more, or we can draw straws. And at that time, they needed both players to agree on something. And Susan, being the stronger player, was like, no, let's just keep playing. And the the other lady was like, luck yeah. instead. She's like, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm not going to win this. Uh, and it's her right. I would have done the same thing, yeah. you know? So she's like, no, let's draw straws. And so they they don't really flip a coin. I think they literally. I think they literally drew Strauss first, and then to see whether or not. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Strauss. I remember now. It's uh. They had envelopes. They had envelopes, and the other lady pulled Susan's name out, and so then Susan was the one that got to decide the 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 coin Which, flip. If what you will. they did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what they did is they basically they gave her a, they gave her two options for a box. And if she opened a box and she pulled out, like, a silver ball or something like that, then she was uh, the loser. And if she pulled out a gold one, she'd be the winner. And she opens up her box, and it's silver. And so she loses... Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's the stupidest shit. Yeah. Like, you didn't lose because... Yeah, that's not based on your skill. Exactly. So... At that point, she's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, and yeah, that's dumb as hell. Yeah. So she's like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna focus all more on like, you know, my own marriage and getting other people into chess instead. Yeah. Because fuck that. The minute like you lose because somebody drew a different fucking straw than you, whatever. It's like, why the fuck am I even playing this game and trying to be good at it if all you have to do is draw right? Exactly. It's dumb as fuck. It would make me. Livid. Yeah. To just see that. Utterly pissed. I don't know. I just... that That's mainly... The, after hearing that, that's why I wanted to do Susan, at least. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, whenever I think of Polgar, I think of Judith. And I think everybody right. else does, too. Because she just shattered everybody else. So, Judith played in a simul against 15 other players when she was 7. Uh, and a simul, I should say, is basically... You just... It's what it sounds like. It's like in... Uh, if you ever watch Queen's Gambit, I think it's her... F- like the second episode, mm-hmm. she plays in a simul, and you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. I, in today's simuls, I think if you do it on like Lee Chess, I think you you have. There's like a couple options now, so you can either have one like world timer where mm-hmm. like okay, I only have thirty minutes to get, to beat fifteen people, or what it was back then was uh, at each table you had a clock, so it was just like playing fifteen separate games. Yeah. Uh, and she won. She won all of them. Damn. Which is nuts. Uh, 
She had the least amount of talent, but she loved challenges from an early age. At this point, I should note that they invented blindfold chess. I didn't oh, know really? that. Yeah. I thought Damn. that that's nuts. That's cool. Where basically you just you just play without a board. Uh, and I think because they were all really good, I think they all played without a board. Damn. Which is just nuts. I, I don't know. I, I thought that that was really cool. So during the Olympiad, when Judith is just like busting out moves and shit, uh, Gary Kasparov, which is world champion at the time, watched her play, at least one of the games, and was asked if he ever thought she would challenge him. He said, I'm absolutely sure that she will become the women's world chess champion, but will we play? He continued by saying, I'm convinced that it's almost impossible. And to actually quote, because that's what Judith said on her little uh, video, mm -hmm. but I found a different one that like had an actual quote. And what he actually said was she has fantastic chess talent, but she is, after all, a woman. It all comes down to the imperfections of the feminine psyche. No woman could sustain a prolonged battle. All right, then. Mm -hmm. And to continue with all that shit, because it's not just him that was thinking that at the time. Famously, Bobby Fischer said, and this is another world champion. Wait, Bobby Fischer's a dick, right? Yeah, he later turns... I recall turns, that. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, everybody's like, oh my god, Bobby Fischer. But then he's the one that turns into a Nazi psycho Yeah, weirdo. he's an asshole. Yeah. But even prior to... And I don't know. Some people still give him like a bunch of respect. So that that is why I'm throwing this out you here. You can be skilled and still be a piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. Bobby Fischer, another world champion, prior to Gary, said that I can give a night out to any woman in the world and I can beat her. And for those of you who don't know what that means, that basically means he's he could give you night odds in that, that like he would take a night off of his position. Yeah, like, not like take you board. on a date. Right. He would he would remove a night. He's moving a whole piece. It's like uh, Judith in her uh, video had stated that it's it's like putting tying your hands behind your back and trying to do a, a swimming race, like a, a race in swimming. I feel like that's a little over dramatic, but. Okay. It, it is. When you're playing against somebody at equal level, like saying that you could beat them with down three points is pretty pretty big. Yeah, but I don't think he's saying that they're at equal level to begin with. Exactly. They, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. But she still was like, well, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. So. Judith was extremely happy when she beat Bobby Fischer's record by becoming the youngest person to achieve the GM title. Uh, she beat it by, like, four months. Damn. Fairly, fairly certain that the record's been beaten today. Like, uh, I actually looked it up, and it's Abhimanyu Mishra. And I looked up the name just because I knew that we like names. We do uh, like names. Uh, he's that, that, that kid has beaten it uh, at 12 years and four months. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, it just keeps getting younger. It, I wouldn't be surprised if we, we see, like, an 11-year-old at some point. That's crazy. It's fucked up. <laughs> wow. In her first time playing Kasparov, which, so, she ends up playing her, she noted her strategy was to attack the king at all costs. Uh, she knew prior to to even making the first move that she had lost uh, because she respected him too much. That and Kasparov had a demeanor that made you think he wanted to come for blood. Yeah. He, he was that scary. Well, he uh, probably did. Want to go for blood. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like mm -hmm. it just feels like he wants to go for blood. No, you're just reading him correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, you're not wrong, actually. I've seen him play, and it is like his face 
it's just like he just glares like through your soul. Fuck that. It's so fucked up. But she could see her strategy worked a bit, as in the middle of the game, Gary took off his coat, like stood up from the table, took off his coat, took some time, undid his watch, and started looking at the board intently. He narrowly escaped the onslaught, but wasn't so lucky in their next game as Judith managed to beat him. No, she did not. She did. <gasps> yeah, that's right, bitch. Yeah. Who's the bitch now? For right. some reason, he died. <laughs> I know, I love it. Yeah, mm. yeah, fuck this guy. And I don't know. If Gary's listening to this, he's actually kind of chill now. But he had to get beat, you know, in order to do that. So. He was just, yeah. <laughs> not be a dick in the first place. Yeah. Work on that, Gary. <laughs> he chose a much more tame opening than was his style like he he definitely i can say that he was an attacking chess person they mm-hmm. were both similar in their styles both him and judith had an aggressive play style sacking pieces left and right for checkmate in this opening he traded queens early on making it a bit harder to win quickly like well i can tell you that doesn't work for me but anyways <laughs> <laughs> Trading queens? No, sacking shit to get mate. Well, yeah, but you have to make sure you have to make sure that it works. Are you th- how how do you sack real quick? How do I sack? <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> like, I don't know. I I try and think, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have I set everything up first. Mhm. And then I drop the piece out that I want them to take so that I can take all the other shit. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. But, I don't know. It never actually works out that way. Somehow they do something I don't expect them to do. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's a problem with these that kind of style is that there's so many complications that come yeah. up. With them, they would basically... The, the king is always on their mind. Yeah. So if, if if sacking a piece makes them lose castling rights or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they try that. Or sacking a piece so that way the king comes out, so that way you can it's more easily attackable. If that's a word, it's more know. easily attack. Yes, I got you. <laughs> so he traded the queens early on, making it harder to win, at least quickly. However, he got greedy. And I guess that's not really greedy, because he, he just saw a fair exchange. He, I think it was more laziness. Mm-hmm. That, that's what happens when that happens, is he saw he saw a trade. He started like, feeling too confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he sees a trade. All right, I'm up, or this is at least even, so fuck it. Let's just, let's just trade down. And decided to make an exchange. And Judith, rather than taking back right away, made an attack on his king with her rook down the middle of the board, which yeah. turned out to be decisive, as Gary resigned shortly thereafter. Shit. And with that, he had to make a new statement, right? So, yeah. if, based on Polgar's games, to play like a girl meant anything in chess, it would mean relentless aggression. Correct. Yes. Uh, and that's, I'm not going to lie, that seems to be, like, part of the not sustain the onslaught, is that what he said? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Go on. <laughs> I love it. No, I just you look like you're on a like a, a throne. Yeah, <laughs> just looking up. Her other notable achievements were becoming eighth ranked in the world, not just like women, both men and women. She was already number one. Uh, Susan was number two. Yeah. Uh, at that point, and she defeated eleven other world champions. Just not like ever in a world championship, but just. Of course not. Right, in in tourneys. 
One of the things I find pretty cool about all three of them is their drive and commitment to, to bring more women and girls into the world of chess. Susan hung up her world championship, or in, in my head, if it, if it is like what I think it is, then it's, you know, it was... She hung it up because she was forced to, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 99 after she lost, but quickly made a tournament in the States for girls only. She moved to the U.S. with her husband, uh, and at a young age, she was like already like set on, like, oh my gosh, like New York is really cool. So when she moved there, I think she wanted to like bring the love of the game with her to all the youngsters. Like The youngsters? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, chess isn't really that popular. It, it, historically, it hasn't been that popular in, in America, mm-hmm. um, let alone with women until very recently with the pandemic, yeah. Queen's Gambit, mittens and chess boxing, you know. Mittens! <laughs> Anyway, it sounded like they brought them back too. By the way, good. I don't. I don't know. They seem to like bring them back and then homicidal like, cat baby. Yeah. Uh, so without Judith, Sophie, and Susan, I think women would still be excluded from playing against men, even if there would be you know exceptions to the rule, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it wouldn't be as accepted as it is now. The fight that the entire Polgar family brought against the chess world cannot be understated. They've helped thousands of girls have the freedom and safety to play the game of chess com- uh, competitively, and I can't thank them enough. Uh, and then as far as, like, the fallout of all of that, Laszlo, he, he's... All of the people that are, like, you know, try to do some kind of weird experiment like that, mm-hmm. uh, at least in my mind, are, like, psychopaths when it comes to, right. okay, I want, what, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So he wanted to adopt three African kids to do the experiment again because he wanted to see, okay, well, these are from my flesh and blood. I want to know if I can, I should be able to do it with any child, right? Yeah. But his wife, Clara, was like, bruh, you're you're just going to stick me with doing all of the, like, actual... The stuff again? Exactly. Yeah. Like, the, the parenting side of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, she did not want to be stuck with that. Um, and then Sophia loved art, which is why she stopped. I just kind of wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Judith does TED Talks, YouTube videos, media in general, uh, to help teach and spread the word of teaching chess to the very, very young. Like, that's her whole goal is, like, we should have that in schools kind of thing. Do that with what you will. I don't know what your opinions are. Yeah, I'm moving on. All right, fair enough. Uh, And then Susan focuses primarily on getting uh, girls into chess, just like her, uh, her tournament. And then I don't know if she ever does too much media as much as like Judith, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure she would if she got invited or right. whatever. So I'm not moving on because I'm against chess happening in school. I want that to be clear. No, my thought yeah, was yeah. my thought was good fucking luck. Because we can barely get school to happen in school. Oh I see. You what know you're what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. Like you're coming at it from a, a much more knowledgeable position. Yeah, like yeah. logistically, forget about it. That being said, alternative schooling and stuff, it'd probably be great in there. That's fair. Yeah. I just think it's, like, it's really good. It's pretty good if you're, uh, well, I don't know if it's, like, I I was about to say if it's pretty good for, like, ADHD, but I don't know. There's something about it. If the, if the, if a, if a kid wants to learn or is interested in it mm-hmm. and it fascinates them, I think no matter what, like, their, their level of, you know, brain speed cognitive shit yeah yeah like i think it slows you down like Mm -hmm. it 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 definitely makes you want to look at the position think about it and then 
learn more about it. Yeah, if you're able to, if you're able to get into that headspace, then you are able to like slow down in a way that you typically can't. And then, like, you really are actually focusing on a single thing. But also you're not because you're trying to think of all the different ways and all the different things that are going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's this weird, like, zen but still challenging thing yeah. that happens with it. Yeah. What I like about it is that when you're a beginner and you know nothing about the game, mm-hmm. it is, like, so easy to to gain a bunch of rating. At least, yeah. like, because like, all you have to do, if you just, it's it's a one-to-one ratio of, like, my study time, I can definitely see, goes into my ELO. Yeah. Of getting better. Like, it, it, you know, I, if we wanted to get into that, you know, like, I, I guess a quick, I'll give myself a minute to, to do that. Focus on end games. Focus on how to, you know, mate with, like, a queen, rook, like, all the, the simple pieces when there's nothing on the board. If you have to, try to find openings that have, like, systems Right? You don't want to have focus... Unless if you're, like... I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. That one's kind of, like, if hit or miss. Some people will tell you that you should play freely with the opening because it doesn't really matter. And that's fair. If you are trying to look for an opening, because, I don't know, for, my, for myself... For uh, me. It was... I wanted to not just lose every fucking game. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to ha- at least kind of feel like I got a, a good opening or something. Yeah. Learn, learn a, a system. All right, I'm not going to say the one... But you have to find the one that's going to work for you, okay? The London is not for everyone. Correct. All right. Yeah. Neither is the Karo Khan. Like, I like... what? What's the one that I do with the bishops? You do... Uh, I actually don't know what it is with the white opening. With the black opening, it's considered the modern. Okay. And then with white, I think you could... Depending on what you do, you could... It, it's considered, like, the Queen's Indian game i believe it's basically a king's indian is where if i showed it to you i think that's what you could be doing it's like an offshoot of that you like to bring both bishops out though so that's yeah. that's the difference i think uh, it's called like the spanish or something it, like it, that it could Madrid. be a hedgehog i don't remember what it's called depending on it all depends on your move order but i like it so you just have to find one that's going to work for you Also, I think this is super great. I like that they, like, broke a lot of molds and made a lot of changes and made a lot of headway for women in a game that they should be able to play. Yeah. (laughs) Without having to fight people for it. I just think that, yeah, I thought that it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. At first, when I was just going to do Susan, I was just like, okay, I'll probably talk about, like, her world championship escapade thing talk about her achievements and all that kind of stuff. I didn't realize, because I've heard of the Polgar experience or whatever, the experiment, mm. but I didn't know to it was at that extent. That, right. like, it was literally that. Because up until that point, I think... Are they still married? Are her, Are their dad yeah. and, and his wife still married? Yeah, they're still married. That's kind of fucking wild, too, that, like, they got together just to, like, do this experiment, and they're like, yeah, I mean, we're good. Yeah, I thought that this that was weird, cool. too. Yeah, <laughs> like they had a, a stable child. Like, that's crazy. Right? And I guess, I don't think I wrote this on here, but I think Sophia uh, had mentioned, she was like, I mean, you want to, you, you see the, the 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 life that other people have out there, and mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it does, it is something, but each of them all agreed that like their childhood was great. Like, they got to spend all the time in the world with their, their parents, yeah. right? 
Like, I mean, granted, they're homeschooled, so you can say what you will about homeschooling, but still, that, that time together, the everybody being involved in one thing mm-hmm. of, like, trying to get them to play. That like, camaraderie. And the fact that they wanted to and their parents were behind it, that seems like a pretty cool childhood. I don't Hell know. yeah. So I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that, you know, homeschooling is really, I don't know. I mean, I... I guess it could be bad i guess it just depends on like where you're at and what the regulations are because homeschooling's not just like you write a note to people and say well my kid's homeschooled and we're good like there are minimum standards you have to meet yeah yeah so i mean well here yeah right i don't know well apparently it's the same thing in hungary because i mean otherwise the officials wouldn't have been like oh hey dude what the fuck are you doing right yeah. You know, there was a lot of people on them, so there has to be some sort of minimum standard that they were meeting, or else there would have been problems. Right. Yeah. Especially since people were looking at them like that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Cool shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Good yeah. comeback, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I think it was good. Uh, I don't know. Plugs? Yeah, I mean, I was going to see if you had anything, like, normally, we, I don't know, we kind of ramble off about fucking... Something that you found that was funny or whatever. Do you have anything like that or no? All right, if you want to find me, you can find me at Triple X Johnny Five Triple X. That's for Lee Chess and Twitch. And then if you want to find me on Reddit and uh, Chess.com, you can find me at I Am the Johnny Five. Where can they find you? I got it. You got it. If you take the tray out of the freezer in your automatic ice maker machine thing in your freezer, mm-hmm. it'll just fill your whole freezer up with ice. Oh, yeah, you felt, yeah, that's fucking That hilarious. had me dead. <laughs> Just look it up. It's great. Just look it up. You can find me at Cat Eater on most of the stuff or the real Cat Eater on most of the stuff. And you can find us on Twitter. Yeah. At uh, CWT About. And. I haven't finished the Patreon yet. Okay, I was, yeah. yeah, you read my mind. I was like, should we, should I say anything yet? I don't know. It's in the works, but we don't have it up yet. And uh, give us if you have any ideas of like what you want to see on there. As far as I know, right now it's like I wouldn't mind having a second podcast that it's it's literally just me rambling. I do it all the time for my family, so I can do it for like a half an hour easily each week. Hell yeah! I mean, I thought fuck, I'll just make it like a fucking journal almost, you know, like podcasting because that's kind of what you do anyways is you're like, here's how my day was, you know, yeah. and you kind of talk about it, and then you end up tangenting off on shit. Mm-hmm. Figure we do some shit like that. My brother's girlfriend said that we should do one. It would definitely have to be like a once a month one or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she said that we should do one where like we drink with a guest and oh, dude, talk that'd about be shit. And I thought, yeah, I thought that'd be fun. So That'd be fun, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. I like that that idea. Um, but yeah, yeah if you guys have things that you would want to see mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely Patreon, bring in like a guest or something like yeah. that. Because I'm sure every, everyone in our family wouldn't mind like having a... A time to, to yell at the, the yes. fucking mic or whatever, you know? Yeah, so, I'm, sure that, I th- I'm sure that we would all... Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think that'd be good. So, uh, yeah, and I don't know. We're, we're probably going to have quite a few kiddie pools at one time here for a little while, and then we'll drop into another deep dive. But we have a lot of kiddie pools uh, for sure in the canon, so... Well, and this is also just a, a peek behind the curtain as well, is that this is probably the first time that we've recorded something, and it's actually going to be up in a week, rather than recording yeah. it, like, years ago, and mm-hmm. then getting it out. Yeah. So, this will be 
this will be pretty cool for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, like, the Russia ones are two, three years old. Yeah. It took us three years to get the Russia one rolling. But it just took us a while to feel... Comfortable. Yeah, ready to do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, so, yeah, it's this will be the first time that, that there is a short amount of time between when we record and when it drops. And this is also our first time recording in a hot minute, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it... I think this it, bounce back was better than the... Um, the other one. The other one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That one was rough. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I love you. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.